Welcome to Cleveland Clinic Cardiac Consult, brought to you by the Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart, Vascular, and Thoracic Institute at Cleveland Clinic. My name is Dr. Melinda Desai. I'm a cardiologist at the Cleveland Clinic uh, in Cleveland, Ohio, and I am also the director of Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy Center at the Cleveland Clinic. Uh, on behalf of my colleagues in the HCM Center, I would like to uh, discuss three recent papers that we have published as part of the HCM Center. Uh, these are, uh, we are very excited about the results uh, as they cover a broad spectrum of HCM patients and have important implications with, uh, in, in terms of diagnosis, management, and risk stratification of these patients. So let us start uh, one at a time. Uh, a paper that uh, we are very excited about and uh, is, uh, that was published uh, a few months ago, uh, it looks at patients who had obstructive hypertrophic cardiomyopathy needing cardiac surgery surgical myectomy plus or minus additional procedures. This paper uh, studied about 2,268 uh, 2, patients that were evaluated at the Cleveland Clinic between 2002 and 2018. Uh, all patients had, uh, as would be expected, obstructive cardiomyopathy. Uh, uh, they presented to our uh, tertiary care center for uh, consideration of septal reduction therapy, surgical myectomy mostly. Uh, 50, uh, this was a, a good representation of a standard HCM population. About uh, mean age was 54 years and 55% uh, were men. Uh, the way we at the Cleveland Clinic, we have always incorporated stress testing and uh, as part of our symptom evaluation. And we divided this group of more than 2,000 patients into folks that met class one indication for uh, uh, surgical myectomy. So that included uh, 1,318 patients, while the remainder, uh, we sent them for surgery at an earlier stage, earlier before they reached class one indication. The reason for sending them an earlier surgery was they were intolerant to their medications uh, or they, we put them on a treadmill and they did poorly on stress testing in the setting of severe uh, LVOT obstruction. So those were the two groups, all these patients underwent cardiac surgery. Uh, what we found was uh, that at uh, uh, more than six years of follow-up uh, after surgical myectomy, 11% patients met uh, a composite endpoint of death or appropriate ICD discharge. There was the mortality in hospital mortality was extremely low uh, at 0.6%. Uh, and what we also found that the predict the factors that were associated with uh, so long-term survival or outcomes were uh, at increasing age, uh, presence of concomitant coronary artery disease. As, but an interesting thing we found was patients who we waited till they reached class one indication for surgery, they did much worse in the longer term compared to the patients that were sent earlier for cardiac surgery based on the, the, the decision-making that we discussed before. So, Another important thing we found was if uh, about 20% of our patients also underwent concomitant mitral valve or papillary muscle operation, and we did not pay an outcomes penalty uh, 
as it relates to doing these combined procedures. Another important thing, uh, uh, the crucial point we found that patients who underwent earlier surgery, their long-term survival was very similar to age and gender matched uh, normal United States population. As compared to the patients who we waited to reach class one indication, they did uh, significantly worse in the longer term. So to summarize the findings of this paper, uh, at an experience center like the Cleveland Clinic where we do a high volume of cardiac surgery for hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy, our outcomes, uh, short and long-term outcomes are excellent. When evaluated by experienced provider and appropriately sent for an earlier operation, our outcomes are much better compared to waiting for an operation. So this might be a potential paradigm shift in how we approach these patients. In fact, in the most recent HCM guidelines, there is now consideration for uh, an earlier operation, uh, especially at an experience center after shared decision-making, incorporating various factors, including patient preference, drug intolerance, as well as exercise incapacity. Also discuss a recent paper uh, that we have published uh, in the field of hypertrophic, uh, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Essentially, for a long time, we have recognized that there is a group of very elderly patients with long-standing hypertension, et cetera, uh, whose heart have changed shape over the years as they have aged. And a lot of these patients present with features that mimic very, uh, and look very much like the standard hypertrophic cardiomyopathy patients. So we have been interested in this population. We wanted to study their outcomes. And this study uh, is the largest looking at such a population. So we studied about uh, 1,110 patients that were evaluated at the Cleveland Clinic between 2002 and 2018. The mean age of this population was 80 years. Uh, so very elderly patients. Uh, the youngest person in this population was 75 years of age. And 66% in this population was uh, were women. Uh, 72% of these patients had long-standing history of hypertension. And when we calculate, because this is an elderly population, we also calculated an SDS score, Society of Thoracic Surgeons score, which was uh, very high as would be expected at 8.6. Interestingly, about 80% of these patients in this population had no HCM-related risk factors, the standard risk factors that we have come to associate with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. What we also found, interestingly, that 54% of these patients had severe outflow tract obstruction with a gradient greater than 30 millimeters of mercury. In this population of obstructed elderly patients, 195 patients were also offered septal reduction therapy. 79% of them underwent surgical myectomy, while the remainder underwent alcohol septal ablation. We followed them up for little over five years at a median. And what we found was, as would be expected, uh, the primary event rate, which was death or appropriate ICD discharge, but mostly death, uh, was observed in about 50% of the patients. Uh, if When we broke it down, 53% um, uh, event rate in the non-obstructive population, 55% in patients with obstructive cardiomyopathy without a septal reduction therapy, but also we found that uh, long-term survival, long-term uh, outcome event rate was 32% in 
obstructive patients who underwent septal reduction therapy. So in, in short, survival was improved in obstructive cardiomyopathy patients if they underwent appropriately septal reduction therapy, especially at an experience center like the Cleveland Clinic. Again, because this was an elderly higher than usual risk population, the expected mortality uh, based on the SDS score was 9.2%, the expected mortality, but the observed mortality at the Cleveland Clinic was only 2.5%. So to summarize, uh, this is uh, the elderly population. There is a subgroup of elderly patients who present with a clinical picture that looks very similar to the garden variety hypertrophic obstructive hypertrophic cardiomyopathy with or without LVOT obstruction. These patients, if managed, if diagnosed appropriately and managed well at an experience center like the Cleveland Clinic, their outcomes are very good. Uh, in fact, the outcomes of the obstructive cardiomyopathy group who underwent septal reduction therapy was very similar to age and gender match population uh, as opposed to the other two subgroups. If you do not have surgery with obstruction or if you have non-obstructive cardiomyopathy, your outcomes were far worse compared to age and gender match population. So this is something important that needs to be taken into consideration and potentially offered to our patients, especially at an experience center with experienced providers. The third paper I would like to discuss is on the completely opposite spectrum, uh, that is pediatric patients uh, with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, that is patients uh, who were less than 18 years. And uh, in addition to my colleagues in the adult realm of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, including cardiac surgeons, I would also sincerely like to thank our pediatric cardiology colleagues whom we collaborated with very closely to get this paper to fruition. Uh, so this paper uh, involved 398 pediatric patients under the, all under the age of 18 years with a median age of around 14 years. These were evaluated at our center uh, between 2002 and 2018. Uh, and all patients underwent extensive evaluation, including clinical visits, as well as uh, echocardiography. A small subgroup also underwent cardiac MRI uh, in the later part of this study. What we wanted to look at was their endpoints, and we looked at the composite endpoint of death, uh, uh, need for ICD, appropriate ICD, need for heart transplant, as well as need for surgical myectomy. Interestingly, what we found in this nearly 400 patients is that only th about 33% of patients were symptomatic. 33% had symptom, uh, symptoms, and these included dyspnea, shortness of breath, chest pain, or syncope passing out. Only 45% had a family history of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, and about 27% were on uh, beta blocker therapy. Uh, essentially, this is a pediatric population and uh, about 146 patients underwent genetic testing of which only 92, uh, only 91 were gene positive for uh, HCM therapy. So even though this uh, data was obtained in pediatric population, the, the genetic positivity rate was not that high. And as I mentioned, we, we did a detailed echocardiography analysis, including measurement of Z-score of the maximum uh, left ventricular wall thickness. What we found was that 23%, 23% had extreme uh, left ventricular hypertrophy with a Z-score of more than six. That would roughly correlate to 
in to an adult maximal septal thickness of greater than three centimeters. Uh, Eight percent of these patients had uh, a significant outflow tract gradient, more than 30 millimeters of mercury. What we also found then when we followed these folks up for up to a median of 5.9 years or uh, close to six years, what we found was the composite event rate was observed in 42 patients or 12% of the population, of which 29 of them underwent myectomy. The factors that were associated with outcomes included, uh, adverse outcomes included uh, presence of VT, ventricular tachycardia, uh, a Z-score of greater than four. So important to know, uh, a Z-score of greater than six would roughly correlate with an adult uh, septal wall thickness of more than three centimeters, which is considered an independent risk factor. So perhaps in pediatric population, the threshold needs to be lower. That is one of the key findings in this paper. Uh, and of course, presence of symptoms was, would be expectedly associated with need for surgical myectomy. Another crucial finding is in a well-managed patient population at an experienced center with comprehensive availability of pediatric, adult, genetic, as well as cardiac surgical services, the, the outcomes, the adverse event rate of this population was 0.5% uh, per year for sudden cardiac death or appropriate ICD discharge, which is excellent in terms and reaching towards uh, uh, adult HCM management like, uh, like numbers. Uh, the, but I'm going to reiterate the pediatric population is not going to is not just younger HCM patients. We have to look at them in a different way, work them up dif differently. We have to take into consideration their emotional, psychosocial toll, as well as importantly, absolute number-wise, uh, the thresholds in terms of risk stratification. We have to recognize maybe potentially lower. Uh, as compared to the adults, especially the wall thickness or in terms of the Z-score. Uh, so thank you uh, for uh, paying attention to these great research. Uh, uh, thank you for paying attention to this, uh, what I believe is practice changing research. Uh, in summary, we have demonstrated that in an experience center like the Cleveland Clinic, uh, we take care of the full spectrum. We are very capable of taking care of the full spectrum, right from little babies to, to extremely elderly individuals uh, with excellent, excellent outcomes. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. We welcome your comments and feedback. Please contact us at heart at ccf.org. Like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen at clevelandclinic.org slash cardiac consult podcast.